So what was your last drawn salary? Send me the payslip. Last salary? Well, let's just say my last salary was like a Bollywood movie. A lot of drama, not much substance, and definitely not worth the price of admission. <laughs> right? That's the real inside sharp retort that I want to spurt out to this pesky recruiter who asks me my last salary. Not that there is anything to hide, not that there is anything wrong with it, but I do not want to talk about it. It's a personal financial decision. Yes, there is an opportunity cost for the role. I want to talk about that. Now, when you say this to a potential recruiter, they just say, hey, this is out of syllabus. What are you saying? This has been an age old practice, right? And we ask you for a salary because we don't want to be in a situation where we mismatch expectations. I said, tell me your budget. <laughs> what is the budget for the role? Oh, that's open, they say. So yeah, so my salary is open as well. And so they get, get pissed off and bang the phone down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Bus Talk, a podcast about life at work. And we talk about the stuff which no one really tells you at work. In this episode, I discuss the last drawn salary issue. The question of whether or not recruiters should ask for a candidate's last salary is a contentious one, isn't it? There are both advantages for the employer, potential employer and disadvantages for the potential job seeker and the problems associated with this practice. So let's dive in and examine both sides of the story. As always, let's be courteous to the potential employers. They are going to give us the jobs. So what could be their prerogative and point of view? So clearly there are a few things that they want to keep in mind when they ask for the salary. It provides a benchmark, you know, uh, to know where this person is versus what this person is claiming to say, the job seeker. It clearly saves time, right? If there is an expectation mismatch um, and uh, they don't have the budget for it. So it's best to know what they actually have drawn from the previous or the last organization. And then, of course, the big one, the negotiation leverage. See what and I've done an episode on this. So you want to go scroll back to season three and listen to it is um, about the negotiation, right? So once you say that you earn, say, $100, just hypothetically speaking, then they automatically assume the 30% rule. Yes, that's the magical number. I don't know who designed it, who gave it. Did the HR Association of India manipulate, stipulate that all new jobs should be less than equal to 30%? That's the benchmark. I'm like, why 30%? Then why not 60%? Basis what? Who made it the standard? Okay. But let's stick to the employee's point of view. We'll come to the went from an employee's standpoint in the next segment. But in this segment, clearly, so they want to know. They, see, there are candidates who oversell themselves, right? So they quote more than they actually get paid. So it's like a investigation hunt. Like, oh, see, I got you there. When I was speaking with you, you said you were earning $100,000. But when I asked you to send the salary slip, I found out you were only earning $60,000. So therefore, if you still qualify for the role, I will offer you the typical quote unquote 30% or 20% hike from your $60,000 and offer you $78,000. And you were like, but I, my expectation is $100,000. Like, no, 
you're being unrealistic. Who gives that kind of a hike? Take it or leave it. So clearly you hand over the power of negotiation to the employer and employers would want to have it. Here is a aha moment there, right? If you ask them at the start or the recruiters, so what's the budget for the role? So the budget is open. And then if you say, well, my salary is open and flexible as well, clearly they'll get pissed off and back the phone down. So you risk ruining the offer or ruining the opportunity, right? And so they know that. And therefore, nine on 10 times, the recruiter will come and tell you that, yes, it's an open budget or we don't know about it or the client, if it is an external agency, we have not been told about it and so on and so forth. So how can you contest it? I mean, literally, you know, he's, they are bullshitting. They, they, of course, they know the budget. Their commissions depend on it, right? But they won't share that. I mean, there are genuine instances when customers don't uh, or clients don't actually let them know the real budget. They first find me the right candidate and and they, they have their own challenges, right? They ask for a budget for this role. The customer says, get me the lowest possible. Then they say, at this low budget, you might not get good quality. But customer says, well, that's why we hired you. I mean, how much more do you want to pay? And, and so those they, they have their challenges. By and large, they will get to know the budget, right, for the role. That at best, you find uh, if the candidate is uh, the job seeker is like really good, then we can probably get to about eighty thousand. So then they would like to, uh, you know, find somebody within that budget or lesser than that budget, so that they can present this almost like a you know benefit to back to the customer see you wanted for some someone for 80000 i saved you some more money in fact i'd imagine if they if there was such a scheme where they could earn more money by submitting a higher compensation candidate would that model work i don't know because in a country like india for example all the all the budget ranges work so for example if you're hiring for a business development manager, right? A business development manager is available for $20,000, $30,000, $80,000 and $180,000 as well. So all budget ranges are and experiences are available. Now, even if you bracket it out and say, I do not want folks who have greater than 10 years of work X, even at that price point, suppose the median for a business development manager salary is say $120,000. Then even at that point, you will find at least three or four variants at the tip. There are four resumes in front of you, each having almost identical, well, not identical, very similar, relevant work experience to the given role. Uh, job description fit of like a 8 on 10 because you never get a 10 on 10 fit right so like a 8 on 10 is a very high job fit right four resumes but one is uh, saying yeah I'm, I'm happy with sixty thousand dollars the other is saying i'm happy with seventy thousand the other is saying i'm happy with 80 and the one guy out there she's saying i want hundred and twenty thousand dollars for example so they have they're spoiled for choices right so they want to find out what's your last round salary if you're really good I will make sure that I set the expectation that it is clearly 20% or 30% at best. I mean, there's a, it's like a glass ceiling, 
and it's one of those rare cases where it's gender neutral i mean you can probably say it's good that there's no discrimination uh, against uh, women out there because the the same logic this quote unquote warped logic holds true for men and women alike they don't say i'll give you 20% if you're a woman and 30% if you're a man that's not the case but then you also question that why is this definition why is the cap of 30% in the first place basis what and this might not be the case in say north america or europe for that matter the numbers might be much lower much in the 10% uh, range in india it is in the 20 to 30% range and so but the logic or the general sentiment remains the same that this is what you were drawing previously quote unquote a reasonable is the word that people use hike is so much and these are again there are two types of profiles one is a generalist profile and the other is a specialist profile the commentary that you're hearing right now is for the generalist profile the specialist are those who have a niche skill set like research and development like you are a specialist vertical uh, expert in say bfsi or uh, high tech or semiconductor or whatever you are the specialist with delta x certification so you warrant that extra dollar out there so even then there is a negotiation but that's a little different but for generalists where you know these are for us mere mortals <laughs> regular folk as it were we are the majority where the the negotiations largely are challenged because the recruiter themselves sometimes feel very uncomfortable that why should i this is a, this is not cool why should we pay more as if it, the money is going from their own pocket right that's not the case so in a way you can say it's like also a compliment isn't it that they they feel that i shouldn't be spending my customers my clients money they are for external recruiters for internal recruiters is slightly different where they will it then for internal recruiters is the size of the organization if it is a large big tech then the recruiter generally will be a little you know take it or leave it uh, vocabulary like we have five seven backups for you and so if you this is what we, what we can offer and don't do so much of hanky panky the honors of joining this large and wonderful multinational organization is largely on you and if you don't want to join then that's fine and so they will play that card until they are under i mean they they are also under immense pressure make no mistake right because business have <laughs> given them a lot of heartache right how you are not giving me the right resources we are losing forecast and empty chairs don't sell and so on and so forth right and so we need people as app as of yesterday so there is a immense pressure and the the challenge with big tech recruiters is that they are not dealing with one job request right they are looking at at least 15 20 job requests simultaneously that is a challenge right imagine the pain of going through one into 2000 resumes and if you have 20 such requests you you are going to go cuckoo <laughs> and finding the right resource and then the person is not a no show or an offer decline and then the uh, is ready to join and then and then and then i can go on on a repeat loop there but you get the drift right that it is very difficult to find uh, a needle in a haystack 
there are just too many resumes out there finding the relevant ones as a shortlisting exercise in itself is a huge challenge and then within those things uh, you, you have to find those three people who are potentially the most suited and also land up joining because that, that is the challenge with the in, in the Indian eco space, especially in the 0 to 15 work X bracket where there are that many alternatives available. People go for this thing called a revenge application, right? They will just go select all and apply. Remind me of this, you know, remember if you've seen the movie Bruce Almighty, he gets these prayer requests and then suddenly it just gets overwhelming, right? There's thousands and thousands of people requesting for their wishes to be granted. And then after saying approved, 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 he just gets tired. And, and of course, no spoilers there. Bruce is um, uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Jim Carrey is playing God, right? So he just does a select all and enter means all wishes granted. <laughs> and so uh, somewhere it, it gets crazy out there. I mean, very similar to the job applications, right? The, the, the job seekers find 35 jobs that they potentially think, you know, I saw these three words at the top of the job description and these three words in the middle and three words in the end. Ah, looks like this is what I can do. Select, hit, apply. And the same resume goes to 35 such jobs. And so when the recruiter calls them back uh, saying that, hey, you applied for this role, the guy goes like, what? Which one? Can you tell me about it again? And that incredible, that's it. That's very frustrating just so that you know. I've been on the other side as well, so I completely empathize. And it's incredibly difficult when you speak to a job seeker and say, hey, you applied for the role and they go, really, did I do that? Okay, when was this? Which company is this? Why? And, and anyway, you get the frustration there. So all said and done, they go through all this and uh, the whole challenge that uh, these employers have so this big tech have this uh, challenge of volume that thousands of people apply and how do you then get a candidate to come on board as quickly as possible despite so much of volume being available for mid-size and smaller size organizations then the lala on top when i say lala means for those uninitiated the proprietor or the boss on top usually either there are two partners or one person right at the top who basically decides on the finance part of it that is it worth giving this money to this particular person or not and so the recruiter can argue counter argue present but they are pretty much dictated by what the big boss decides and if the big boss is convinced that your profile is the right fit then the flexibility in terms of compensation is little better if the big boss thinks no this is not what we want to offer for this role no matter how good the candidate is then that doesn't go through so then the hr or the recruiter internal recruiter conveys the same message and then it's a little more difficult to find a replacement because you've already gone through i mean the, they're still spoiled for choices make no mistake i mean not as much as say the big tech where you're at least talking about 30 or 35 relevant profiles still being available even if the top three reject in this case it might not be 30 35 it'll be more like 11 or 12 even then but there will be a significant difference in quality once you go if you've not shortlisted them in the first place right so your top three are your top three for a reason that means number four cannot become number one 
right? So there will be a drop in quality and that's a risk that the business chooses to take because there is, well, this is an argument out there, there is a correlation between a high uh, a, a resource which is claiming a high compensation also being high quality versus people say just because they're asking more money does not automatically mean they are good resources so there is a debate on that because sometimes you don't ask for more money if you're not that good or if you haven't had that history if your work ex doesn't speak of that money then and you you are you know that you will your price in the market then you will ask for that money see now job seekers are very cognizant of their position in in the market they don't want to overprice themselves neither they want to shortchange themselves the question is how many know their actual worth right so that's where the challenge is but just to wrap up this segment right the advantage is to provide a benchmark so now that they know there are 10 people or five people or three people in the company at the same level and so they want to be at the median so every role has a high median and low so they'll start with the low then put a real hard blocker at the median say i have to close this deal at the median mark so for example they are hiring let's go back to the business development manager 10 year work x example then so their low for that role is ninety thousand dollars their median is 100 and their high is $110,000 just hypothetically and so they will present that you know we can offer $90,000 doing very well that the job seeker will negotiate a little more so the job seeker if they say my expectation was $100,000 then they will still not agree at that point they'll say okay let me get back to you then kind of get back in a day or two and say yeah, yeah 100,000 is just just fine let's go ahead let me make you happy you know and then the job seeker thinks see I scored I got a good deal there but actually there was buffer to get another 10 grand or 20 grand whatever would be the you know differential there also could be a situation where the job seeker comes back like I want $120,000 now that's where the tricky part is in this instance they will have to go and sell the story internally to the ceo ceo or the stakeholders saying that look we will lose these good candidates or candidate job seeker if we don't pay the top dollar then they kind of think of the budget for the role is there enough money or no money will they be able to sustain the role over a two three and two three year period and do you have a career path because come 12 month completion the same person who settled for say even hundred and five thousand dollars is going to ask for a raise and if you aren't able to provide a raise, if you aren't able to provide a growth or a trajectory, then clearly it sets the seeds for discontentment. Yes, Bur Burfi agrees too. It's time for Burfi's walk. But just to conclude, all I'm saying is there are advantages and there is a reason why they ask for this last round salary. There have been enough of instances where job seekers have misquoted, overquoted, incorrectly quoted their previous salaries and it's part of their due diligence to find facts right and so they will ask you to not just uh, at the first conversation what was your last round salary but you need to provide the evidence of that salary that this is my package here is the pay slip here is the basic hra deductions whatever so then they plot it against their structure 
and then think of quote unquote what a reasonable hike is depending on how you have done at the interviews and what budget they have and then like i said low median high so they will start with the low go to the median and reluctantly perhaps go into the high at a later point so that's the employer's side or point of view in the next segment let's talk about the employees ask me a model's point of view is it right is it wrong what's the problem with sharing the last salary details look there are many disadvantages from a job seeker's standpoint clearly the first one is that you lose the power of negotiation you hand over the power of negotiation the moment you say that your last drawn salary is $60000 then if you're asking for $120000 the counter argument will be why basis what and so then you keep it's a it's a losing battle that you fight you can't ask you, you you will have to then come up with any argument that you present will be shot down you know if you say i want $120000 because i am the role is very relevant i can execute this and so yeah so we are giving you this is our budget and then instead of what you could have got that median number that i spoke about you will probably have to settle for the lower end of the number because for them they will have saved that extra money so it's this negotiation battle that's the real reason there's no other reason other than handing over your negotiation capacity to the opposition in this case as it were perfect agrees to but for me i think there is a bigger issue here my last drawn salary is a personal financial document which is at my discretion whether i want to share or not share for those who are comfortable sharing a personal financial document then that's their call i have nothing to judge you uh, against or for that but for me as a, if you ask me i wouldn't want to because there are lots of perceptions that get triggered because no two organizations pay you salary or the salary structures of two organizations are the no two organizations are the same they're different right somewhere they give you a low base and a high um, joining bonus for example for other people they give you a high base and a low or no joining bonus and so it kind of gives you a wrong understanding and now what the i know the recruitment community or the hiring manager will counter and say look whatever whether it is high or low we already know but you can't help but say that it does trigger a perception you can't say no to that right it, it does trigger a perception somewhere the moment you say oh the person was asking for $60000 uh, sorry $120000 but basically the last drawn salary was adding up to 60 so th- therefore it triggers a perception as mature as you might be and think that okay that's a larger organization this is a smaller organization so i need to balance it out there is no scientific mechanism to do that so my point is why get into such confusions why do you get into this uh, you know contentious issue in the first place you you have to you have a budget for the role no role is floated in the market unless finance approves the budget tell me if that's wrong no right the finance has approved that budget basis which you have floated that role or if you are saying that there are organizations out there which generally float a role even if they don't have a budget that's a very risky situation to be in it's a wrong practice i'd say 
But given the fact that finance would have said, okay, I approve this headcount, this would have gone as part of your fiscal planning, annual planning, quarter planning, what have you. And then uh, sanctioned by financing, okay, for these roles, this is the budget for these roles, this is the budget. How do you allocate that budget is the responsibility of the PNL holder, PNL owner of that business unit, of that business or company or department or what have you. And then you decide that for this role, if I get a good, how critical is this role? If this role is very critical, then I'd probably be more flexible and get the top talent that is out there. If this role is not that critical, it's at the low end, it's not mission critical work that these people do, then I'm willing to even let go of the top candidate. I, I'm happy to get N minus one, N minus two, or T minus one, T minus two, T being the top candidate. So, but if, if, if somebody insists on seeing the salary slip, that's where I think it's an incorrect ask. And they don't even ask, they demand it. They think it's process. They say, what kind of process is this? No, it's an auditable process. I mean, seriously, what do you audit in somebody's pay slip? You have advertised for a role. And I can't, I, sorry if I'm repeating myself here, guys, but you can understand the underlying angst about it. So bear with me. You have advertised for a role. You have an approved budget for the role. You have a right to ask about the expectations from the candidate. Now, if your budget for the role is $100,000 and the candidate is saying my opportunity cost is $130,000, for example, then you can refuse the conversation that look, that's out of our budget. End of story. What's the problem in that? Where is the problem in that? Or it could well be that the job seeker says my opportunity cost is $90,000 and say, yes, it's a good conversation to have. How does it matter whether the job seeker candidate was earning $60,000, $30,000 or $100,000 in the previous engagement? What impact does that have? So clearly it's not about that impact. They want to know the last drawn salary so that they can fit in that math, which says, okay, I have to give them this person 20% more. So hence justified QED. And that's where the problem lies, friends, that uh, this perception has become so ingrained, not just in the recruitment community, but in the job seeker community as well. You know, so if you are a candidate listening to this as in a potential job seeker who's appearing for an interview, it is you've been conditioned into believing that I should ask for 30%. In fact, you are probably even shortchanging yourself. I'm like, if you're really good at what you do, why would you not ask 70%? Why would you feel guilty about it? You know, we are almost like self-limiting somewhere saying that I'm not good enough for 70%. Well, okay, if you're not good enough for 70%, that's your call. But if the entire job seeking community were to think like that, we would have shortchanged ourselves big time. And that's what's happening. Right. So the expectation from the job seeker, when sometimes when you ask the candidate, like, so what do you expect? They say the usual 30%. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll give you 30%. But did you know I could have given you 50%? But that's saying that that's not possible. That never happens. But why would you not question it? Does that not ring a bell? Does it not strike you that why should I not ask for more? 
there is a thin line there's a difference between saying my self-worth is well thought through and calculated for this given role i would want delta plus x and that x is my calculation and i'm willing to ask for more money because i will deliver extra value and here is how you have to have that honest conversation about you with you right you cannot this cannot be a wishful thinking that oh let's let's make hay when the sun shines like that's not the strategy or approach that one needs to take that oh i i've, I've been earning hundred thousand dollars let's ask for two hundred thousand dollars bus talk said so so <laughs> so i should ask for two hundred thousand dollars that is not what i'm saying i'm just saying that have you done that math of what is the relevance relevant job experience expertise that you bring to the table that's number one number two how critical is the role to the company have you asked that question that hey you're hiring for this position on a scale of 10 10 being super critical and one being not critical at all where do you think this role would be chances are they're going to say it's super critical very high visibility it's like nine on ten so then that is your negotiation tactic right there said so, okay well you know that this is super critical business gets impacted if you don't hire for this position right and so can, can you then reverse the negotiation tactic and say hey if this was so critical as you mentioned earlier then why are you so reluctant in sharing the top dollar and of course you have to also realize that is that your walk away conversation if they say no and shut the door on you is that acceptable to you and that's an element of gamble if your situation does not permit that then clearly you don't have a partner you don't have a best alternative to that if you don't have an alternative and you can't risk walking away then don't have such conversation that is stupid right and yes while you accept that you won't get a 50 percent it is also incumbent upon you as a job seeker as a candidate to stop regretting that you cannot get 50 percent you know people often carry this baggage into their next jobs thinking oh i could have got 50 percent i could have well you couldn't your situation did not permit you and you can lament about it you can crib complain whine whinge about it but the point is cut it out you it, that option was not available to you so let's not get there your option was at best to see if you could get to 30%. So that's what you asked and that's what you got. Great. But for those set of people who do not, who do have alternatives, you know, remember the revenge application that you did and now suddenly you have three companies who are ready to make an offer to you and an offer stage. Remember, lots of people, if you have done good work, especially there'll be lots of people who would love to talk to you. But talking with you engaging with you and coming up with a to us conversation which is let's talk money is a completely different ball game so don't get fooled that you're talking to two other people and so if this doesn't work so what i'll jump into the other two that's not the point the other two should be at the offer stage and it's incredibly difficult to time it because sometimes job a conversation or the hiring process for job a starts on say first of the month but job b starts on the 10th of the month so job a's offer stage comes by the 20th of the month while job b's offer stage comes by the 25th of the month so this guy has already made an offer to you and say hey decide now or never and so how do you negotiate that it's an exceedingly tricky and difficult situation but 
if you can manage to sync up sync it up within three four days five days let me think about it those kind of things then you can weigh in those options and even if this option is not so mission critical if you didn't have plan b but your plan a is good enough that means the place that you're working there is a roadmap there you have done good work you've been acknowledged recognized promoted got more salary and then you have a good equity within the system uh, let me know the name of the company though incredibly difficult <laughs> to get all of these uh, under the roof but hey uh, there are such people who are blessed with uh, you know all the check boxes for most it's less than 50 percent of, of these check boxes that fall in place anywho but that's a different conversation so you have a roadmap in this existing organization so you're not so hard pressed to take on but also be careful that if you just go shopping around you know the word spreads as well you know this is not uh, th this person is not serious within you know the com community as it were and especially if you're in a role at a slightly senior level say 10 years 12 years 15 years then there is that fewer roles that are available and that fewer that many uh, fewer recruiters who engage so everybody kind of knows you know these are the two or three people much like you know when companies despite not having open positions still publish those roles and it's like but did you just publish the same role like two months back it's the same job description again in two months time and then again in a month's time and they keep on doing that over and over again and you know you know, this is not real. They're just getting resumes or I don't know, or they're not uh, closed the wreck as it were that, you know, once you've hired somebody, you should take off uh, or close the position online or CRM or LinkedIn or wherever. They don't do that. They just leave it open and it keeps refreshing and you think, and uh, you know, it's a new position and you keep applying, reapplying and all that. And so it's, it's important to understand these realities check get a reality check for yourself and then take a call whether you want to pursue with this alternative option or accept whatever is given to you well not to belabor the point but asking for salary slips also is a bit discriminatory you know what if you were unpaid unfairly in your previous organization sometimes your situation was in a, a, a bad shape and you had it was almost like a distress acceptance like okay i have no other option i have to take this job and you want a market correction nothing wrong with that isn't it given the pandemic situation given some family emergency given so many other unfortunate things happen that people have to quit their jobs or had to leave their jobs and they leave it at uh, a point where you know they were they could have got a raise or a promotion but they didn't and then they want to resume this with a, or take up the next role at a fair market value for their competencies but if you ask for that salary and they and the recruiter sees the previous salary details and say oh this is quite low so i can offer quote-unquote 20 percent more from the already lower salary so you're perpetually behind the eight ball for the next part of your career or next phase of your career so somewhere you're always waiting for magic to happen and as you and i both know that magic doesn't happen miracles don't happen at least in salary negotiations right so <clears throat> excuse me so you will have to make sure that um, these conversations are handled carefully 
skillfully and there are those instances where you'll have to let go of opportunities especially if you have those alternative backups with you and some recruiter is insisting upon sharing your salary details you can always counter by saying give me the budget and i will share you the details you can you can tell uh, the number but whether you want to actually physically email the attachment of your previous salary slip or form 16 or whatever that might be is completely your call i don't have a word view on that if you ask me i don't know your specific situation so will not hazard giving a recommendation because what worked for me may not work for you right but this is as is the case with bus talk ideas to get you to think about it if you are unaware of it if you're ignorant about it the whole point was to sit up and make you think like did you know like you might be shortchanging yourself or underselling yourself and also be aware that you don't land up overpricing yourself and i'll have a separate episode on that where people have overpriced themselves and are now struggling to find a job uh, because they just can't accept a salary lower than what they have already attained so that was the long and short of it of the advantages from an employer standpoint and disadvantages from the job seeker standpoint what do you think do you agree do you disagree have you actually never thought through this have you accepted the last two offers on that quote unquote 20% hike or have you really scored that 60% or 50% or done something non standard have you shared your confidential financial information like your salary slip or have you managed to navigate away from it love to hear your thoughts and uh, your point of view leave me a comment below you can see the, the voicemail link you can leave a voice message you can leave me a twitter uh, you can reach me on my twitter handle it is ionisms that's a a y a n i s m s and guess what you know i just did the analytics for the last few episodes and there has been this upsurge or uptick where for the first time for bus talk the female listeners have way outnumbered the male listeners i don't know what episode really appealed to you and my grandfather's clock just chimed in and said yes that's the right mix to have and so i on on my analytics chart i see 68% of bus talk listeners are women as compared to 27.7 male and rest are non binary not specified and whatever and the target audience where it is meant to be 28 to 44 that's the ideal target audience uh, 57 and 26% respectively and of course there are folks who are more than 45 who are also listening to it and then less than 27 that is 23 to 27 also listening to it and so yes absolutely all of this is applicable to all of us but clearly it'll more relevant to those people who are somewhere around say the 5 year work x mark through to the 15 year work x mark that's the ideal thing but that doesn't mean if you have 2 years of work x you shouldn't be listening to bus talk you should you know you start early and you, why don't you lead the way and show us you know that you've made a difference after learning and listening to all of this so thank you so much ladies i i have an episode coming up for you 
women in tech or more specifically and you have heard a lot of episodes on women in tech but this is women in sales tech as in people selling technology women selling technology or being in sales roles uh, in in the tech stack or in the tech field and especially for in sales or business development kind of roles what are the challenges what happens uh, what, what is the discrimination sometimes you come across uh, what are the advantages you have and so on and so forth so i, I have a episode i'm working on uh, and hopefully it'll uh, be uh, uploaded soon but for all those who are listening around the world if you find the time i do an episode on friday 8 pm to 9 pm ist that's indian standard time on linkedin audio it's, a, it's called bus talk after office hours where we pick up one of these topics like this one today and have an open discussion if i can manage to get somebody to speak because people are very careful what they speak on public isn't it because their organizational requirements there uh, and many of the people that i know are in position of leadership so they very obviously and naturally will be slightly reluctant to make uh, a specific comment when it comes to such tricky uh, situations because it could imply that you know they're if they are leading the organization then their organizations are thinking like that but that's not the case at all you know what are employers of past present or future have been executing or their philosophies policies have no bearing on the content that we discuss this is a strictly personal in person point of view inference assumptions and all that so take it with a, your own discretion right i was about to say take it with a grain of salt yeah you could i mean a whole idea of bus talk is to make you think it's not something that is etched in stone it is a work in progress and that's how it should always be you know because we often come with a lot of conviction because of the phase of life that we are in at this point in time and then when the circumstances change and we are in a different role in a different position then suddenly the lens is different and we say oh uh, then you will say oh this is a contradictory point of view but it is very important to separate the role from the identity what i share here is my individual thought process and not necessarily representative of my companies organizations or whatever that have been associated to in the past currently or even in the future so please bear that in mind with that we come to the end of this episode it's been a fabulous uh, discussion and i'm very passionate about it as you can imagine it's something which is not a very comfortable discussion to have within the indian context in the indian hiring context but i'd love to hear your thoughts and point of views do you think it is correct to share salary details or not share salary details i'll leave a poll if you're on spotify please go check there's a poll uh, attached to the episode see if you can answer it's just a multiple choice question and there'll be one open question see if you can find some answers so that in the next episode i can bring up those uh, results and share you know what um, what people thought about it that's it my friends and uh, just uh, as we close warm welcome to folks from nigeria bhutan sri lanka and georgia and maldives uh, new entrants into bus talk thank you thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to the bus talk episodes and to spread the word share the word with and share with those who care and i'm trying to build a community of people with long attention spans you know we i'm just so tired of this micro small and you know low attention spans i'm not particularly against having a succinct 
small capsule there's nothing wrong with that and if you really want to hear that it's on swellcast.com slash bus talk those are five minute micro podcasts but they are just from a high level point of view topics like these require a long attention span so in this age of low attention span this might even come across as counterintuitive but i'm trying to build a community of people or listeners who kind of sit back relax it's a slow burn it's spontaneous as you can imagine there's the dog barking there's the grandfather clock chiming all those kind of things right this is a, a real conversation no frills and so if this is something that floats your boat if this is something that you like to hear then please consider you know leaving a review for bus talk on apple podcast and let your thoughts know uh, anything bookies and brickbats all welcome and I'll try and improve myself as I move forward. So until we meet the next time, stay well, stay safe and keep listening to Bus Talk. This is your host, Ayan, and I wish you a great week ahead. Peace out.